0: Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in
1: understanding this gospel series two today is part nine we've been exploring how the gospel is has been the message for all ages right all ages the same gospel littered through the entire pages of the scriptures and how when you look at when you look at the scriptures and you should see beyond bible stories it just never gets old most times people are struggling with the gospel and calling it a new generation message when it is the lie that is the new generation Right? Because the gospel has been there from ages. The fact that you didn't see it in Genesis doesn't mean it wasn't there. So most people that are actually attacking the gospel are highlighting their ignorance of the gospel. Most people attacking the gospel are highlighting their ignorance of the message. Most people attacking the gospel are even compartmentalizing it as one of the many messages they think are contained in the scriptures. There's one message. And if you took time to see it and connect the dots... I wonder how many people will have enough humility to be tracked and repent of certain things they preached and taught when they realize that they shouldn't have taught it in isolation. There's so much. You can't just pick one verse out of the Bible and, and preach a message out of it. You can't do that. You must understand it in the light of the whole council and the one message. And that's all God has ever been saying. And it's not something I can teach exhaustively. I can't exhaust it. There's so much of the gospel. Every single page of the scriptures highlights the gospel. I just showed you, you can count the stars in the sky. And so we're looking at Moses, right? Tooth. Moses. A child or son of God who bears fruit. Delivers. Draws. onto, <laughs> And we saw that in Exodus 2 and 10. We saw that repeated in 2 Samuel 22 and 17, right? We saw that again repeated in Psalm 18 and 16 and 17. So we saw that Moses' name in the Hebrew is Moshe, or Moshe, remember? A derivative of Moshe. And it's one who draws or one who saves. A type of Jesus. Right? That's why God got offended or upset, if, however you want to put it, when Moses was told to speak to the rock. And Moses struck the rock, and then said, "Must we give you water from the rock?" Yes. We mm. so it's partnership now, you and God. You no, know, sir, it's not partnership. Oh, yes, I called you, yes. No, we. Yes, you and God giving Israel water. Ah. You will not enter that place because at some point Moses began to now work as though you know he was the know all be yes. or. Must we give you water? We. So you see him at different points as types of Christ and anti-types of Christ. You see that? All the way. Pharaoh's daughter had no idea she was prophesying of Jesus. Right? And in many instances, neither did David. David didn't know. Moses dies. And before he dies, God tells him to take off his spirit and put upon Jehoshua. That's his name. Yes, sir. Joshua's name is Jesus. Yes, sir. Jehoshua. Yes, sir. You know what it means? Jehoshua in Hebrew. The Lord will save. Yes. Some translated The Lord our salvation. But it literally is the Lord will save. And he shows up. And he shows up just. As they are getting to deal with Jericho. So basically by the time Joshua takes over. The promised land is in sight. Right? So he was going to take them into. Moses took them out of. And Joshua was going to take them into. Because you see, salvation, holiness, Hagio, sanctification, is a calling out of, and a calling therefore into. So salvation is not complete just because you were called out. (laughs) <laughs> you must be delivered to destination yes, sir. that's what he means when he says in Hebrews 7.25 he is able to save to the uttermost till the end of your salvation yes, sir. he's saving are you here now He yes, brings you out of so that he will take you into doesn't bring you out and allow you to find your way and mumble and fumble your way into, if you by chance find it. Then he's not savior. He might be deliverer. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> because he sorted out the Pharaoh issue. Yes. Brought you out of darkness, out of the promised land. But taking you into another place is a whole different ball game. So for some of us, it's not enough that he is deliverer. And so we end up confusing Deliverance as a standalone in place of salvation. Of which deliverance is a part. Does that make sense? Yeah. God, my deliverer, that's the somewhere that brings you out. You can't bring me out and leave me there. Where do you want me to go? How do I proceed from here? You must get me into. So Joshua comes and takes over. Son of none. Already caught his mark cut his teeth when they went into the promised land to spy. Yeah. Yeah? And he and Caleb were the only ones that said, we, let's go up at once. We can take it. Yeah. Ten others were like, ah! As a land that eats up its inhabitants. Number 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eat up its inhabitants. Of course, there's pomegranates, there's milk and honey, you know, proverbially speaking or allegorically speaking. It wasn't literal milk and honey because so people expect that when you just enter the promised land of Israel you just see a, a, a tap of honey, you yeah. know, a borehole of, of milk
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know my imagination is crazy <laughs> you just see a honey fountain, just drop in, I so just passing like <laughs> <laughs> Then you wake up in the morning and you carry your bucket. Yeah. You just go to the you go to the bottle of milk. <laughs> 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 your large bread. <laughs> 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 so you expect to see milk. Honey. No, no, It was metaphorical. Yes,
2: sir.
1: So they had gone and seen it and come and say, hey, actually, there's milk with honey there's pomegranates. In fact, we brought a bunch of the grapes from the city. But um Sons of Anak are there, you know, the, the giants are so big. You know, next to them, we looked like grasshoppers in our eyes. Mm-hmm, yeah. And since we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, we are also very sure that they saw us as grasshoppers. Yeah. Only two people went, no, let's go. At once, God is able to deliver them to our hearts. Shortly after that, Moses hands over. God takes him out, kills him, buries him. And Joshua takes over. Jehoshua. They deal with Ai after a brief brief flop. Remember Ai? Yeah. Yeah. When Achan, yeah, yeah, deal with that. Then they're getting into Jericho. Just before Jericho, they are crossing the Jordan. The Jordan literally separates all the other lands from Canaan. They had had the Red Sea parted. This is not as deep as the Red Sea, but it's a river. It's the Jordan. And God tells Joshua, tell the priests to go ahead. The moment the priests step into the water with the Ark of Covenant, the waters will cease and Israel will cross over. Why? Because the priest went ahead and was interceding. And their salvation. Was only as long as the intercession of the priest. Are you here? Yes, so, if the priest were to say, um, It's have do, we have been standing here with the ark for too long. We too, let's take a quick break. <laughs> and by this time, all of Israel is midstream. Because the scriptures actually said, let me look for it. It's, in, it's Joshua. Just, Joshua just took over. Is it chapter 3? From verse 1. Verse one. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out for the acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying when you see the ark of covenant of the Lord your God and the priests the Levites bearing it then you shall set out from your place and go after it yet there shall be a space between you and it about two thousand cubits by measure do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before then Joshua said to the people sanctify yourselves for tomorrow The Lord will do wonders among you. 6. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you, you, you Joshua, in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Verse 8. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Stand in. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Verse 10. By this shall you know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from behind you all the heights. Next verse. Next verse. <laughs> Behold, the ark of covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribe of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, and they shall all stand as a heap. So looking down this way, No water, because the water is held up upstream. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, priests, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. And the waters which came down from offstream stood still and rose in a heap. Very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratham. So the waters that went down into the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And verse 17, the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. What stood between the people and the promised land was the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan. And the priest stood in there as what? Or. Or. advocates, Forerunners. Going before. As long as we are here in this Jordan, it cannot overrun the people. So who was God dealing with for the crossing over? The priests. Yes, or the priesthood. And the priests were in there as long as it took. As long as it took. Yes, for six million odd people. And all their livestock to cross the river. Nothing suggests that the priests even changed the Ark of Covenant midway. Come, come and hold it, till we're tired. And everyone crossed. How do we know that we're crossing into immortality and eternal life? We have a priest. Who liveth? King James says to make intercession for us. Intercession, I've explained to you, is not Father forgive their sins. Our sins are forgiven. You must understand that. Don't let religion twist you. If he made one sacrifice and sat down, Hebrews ten, right? One sacrifice, Hebrews ten eleven, and every priest stands ministering daily. And offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. Which can never take away sins. Same sacrifice. Twelve. For this man. This man. Uh, After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Sat down at the right hand of God. So listen to me. Whatever intercession Jesus is making to the Father. Is not for your forgiveness of sins. Because if he's making intercession for the forgiveness of your sins, he's, he's admitting that his work on the cross was not enough. <laughs> if your work on the cross finished it and you shouted die," why are you still at the right hand of the Father telling the Father forgive them? Why is he saying at the right hand of the Father forgive them if that was what his work on the cross established and finished? That giving the audacity to shout, it is finished. Which means you can't add anything to it. If he's interceding for your forgiveness. He's adding to his work on the cross. Does that make sense? The cross plus prayer. If you think that's what intercession means. What does intercession mean? Guaranteeing that what he has done. Is for eternity. Because of his priesthood. Does that make sense? That's him standing in the water. I'm sat here. I've paid for their sins. They are forgiven. That was bringing them out. But I'm here. Because it's not just me bringing them out. It's me taking them in. That's him now. Saving you to the uttermost. Does that make sense? Not bringing you out, but guaranteed by the Holy Spirit and his intercession and his eternal priesthood. Guaranteed. Because I am a priest that lives forever. These guys are saved forever. Does that make sense? That's the intercessory ministry of Jesus. Not for your forgiveness. That's a dumb deal. How can he be asking for forgiveness of sins that God doesn't remember? it's God that would turn to him and say you are disturbing my ear what's I talking about wasn't that why he, excuse me, wasn't that why he pleased me to bruise you How are you disturbing me all the time yeah, 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 forgive them it pleased God to bruise him for God has laid upon him not iniquity of us all so he's not a right handed father nagging at the father oh please don't kill them please please forgive them then he shouldn't have even died. Yes, sir. I've just sat there since. i am just, yes, sir. Yes, sir. just be talking. But what is, 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 is interesting ministry is the priestly nature, the eternal priestly nature of Jesus. Sat there in the waters of time. All of them are crossing, all of them that I've saved out of Egypt. All of them are crossing over. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Until then, I'm sat here, sir. Everyone that came out is going in.
2: That's
1: him interceding. That's the priestly ministry of Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I'm going to teach Hebrews at some point in time. Jesus' priesthood now. Are you hearing me? Jesus' priesthood is not that of offering sacrifices. Because he offered the one sacrifice. Once. And for all. So he's not a priest now, high priest forever, because he's, he has sacrifices yeah. to offer. Yeah, right. He's not offering, as far as sacrifices are concerned, he's jobless. Yes, yes, yes. yes, right. <laughs> there is a priest without portfolio. So if the priesthood is about offering sacrifices, Jesus' says priesthood is done. Because what's the need for a priest if there's no need for a sacrifice? Yeah. Until you acknowledge the fact that the priesthood not only made sacrifices. He was the go-between to ensure that the sacrifice achieved its intended purpose. Yes, sir. The priest undergirds the sacrifice. Guarantees the sacrifice. So when the priest came out of the most holy place. The first thing that message sent to the people in the outer court. In the holy place first of all and in the outer court is that Aha, for this year the sacrifice succeeded yes. 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 yes.
2: yes, yes,
1: does that make sense yes. the priest coming out alive yes. means okay yes. for the next one year yes. we're okay make sense yes. priest not coming out <laughs> after waiting for a while it means um hmm, all of us are in trouble so the priest will not come out alive until the sacrifice was done. Coming out signified the end of the sacrifice. Does that make sense? Jesus arising for our justification signified the end of the sacrifice.
2: Yes.
1: What? Because he came out. And then he's he's there at the right hand of the Father as priest, assuring that everyone that came out on account of what he did goes in on account of what he did. So at no point has he left us to fumble our way through yes, to what he has given us. At no point. So when he assured you, I will never leave you yes. or forsake you. He was not joking. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. When Paul says, faithful is he who has called you, who will also do it. He was not joking. Yes, sir. The eternal priesthood of Jesus guarantees that everyone that came out will go in yes, So yes, yes, the was promised land. And I'm sure you know by now, I've said over and over, the promised land is not Israel. The promised land is the promised land. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? That's what the, the priests in the water signify. And then I went on to show you Exodus 12 about Passover, right? Remember?
2: Yes,
1: sir. Tying it to church consciousness that we saw in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 5 that Christ is our Passover. Yeah? Verse 7. I want to say one or two more things about Moses and the law and then we'll continue. Exodus 12. is beautiful. Exodus 12. I need a couple of verses around 40 something but I will I'll just go straight to the verse. Verse 46. 46. Exodus 12 and 46. It's still about the Passover you know the Passover is earlier on in like the first 20 30 verses okay it's up on the screen in one house shall eat be eaten <laughs> oh man in one house it shall be eaten you shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house Passover lamb. Hmm? Look at that last line. Nor shall you break one of its bones. This was God telling Moses to tell the church. eat it in the house. Don't take it outside the house. Don't break any of its bones. So imagine trying to eat that entire juicy lamb. And not even trying to crack. Even the brisket bone. You're carefully picking it. Carefully like. Oh man. This is so. So juicy. Especially when it's roasted. Flame. Slow roasted. And you can't even crack a bone. You are eating around the bone. Nicely. Because if you crack the bone once. You break Eternity of prophecy. One bite into any bone of that lamb. An eternity of prophecy is broken. Nor shall you break any of the bones of the Passover lamb. John 19. John 19, we're in 31 through to 36. Are you there? Therefore, because it was the preparation day for the Passover. is my salvation truly forever. I explained that there were two Sabbaths in the week that Jesus died. The lack of understanding of these two Sabbaths is why we keep saying Friday to Sunday is three days and three nights. And nobody in Christianity has sat down to calculate and be honest with yourself how Friday night to so Sunday morning can make up three days and three nights by any kind of calculation or hypothesis. How can he have died on Friday? That is good. And by Sunday morning, he died at three o'clock. Yes. Friday. And by Sunday morning, sir, sunrise was up and out of the grave. And somebody asks you about the hope you profess. And you say, well, all I know There's no how you want to count it. Three days and three nights. Friday night is one night. Saturday night is second night. What happened to the third night? Friday is the first day, even though he died in the afternoon. Saturday, afternoon, 24 hours. Are you here? Saturday, 3 o'clock to Sunday morning. It's not even up to 48 hours. And the guy is up. And so he was in there for three days. And if we can explain the three days, how do we explain the three nights? I was yes, just lazy with Bible study. But there were two Sabbaths. There was a weekly Sabbath, there was a high Sabbath. And this was the preparation for the high Sabbath. Because by the time he was resurrected, it was Sabbath. That's why those guys were rushing to go and embalm him before the sun rises if you died the day before Sabbath yeah. and resurrected on the Sabbath, 31 of John 19. Because it was preparation. How does the NLT put this? I'm out of curiosity, NLT or, or TPT? Day of preparation, okay? TPT. Through the next day, since it was the day of preparation for a very You see, There was a weekly Sabbath. There was a high Sabbath. High Sabbath was when the the weekly Sabbath fell around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of weeks. Feast of harvest. In God, when they fell together, there was a Sabbath commemorating that feast. Regardless or different from the weekly Sabbath that came every week. So in the week of the feast. In that year, if it fell on, around that week, there would be two Sabbaths. The high Sabbath and the weekly Sabbath. Yes, Hello. Yes. If you were here when I taught extensively about the Feast of Weeks during yes, Church Consciousness, yes, you will understand what I have just said. Yes, if you do understand what I have just said, go and listen to the recording. Yes, Church Consciousness is online, part 1 through to 10. Okay? Yes. 31. So they asked... Okay, so go back to New King James. Since we have established that, right? Preparation day, right? We have dealt with the whole Sabbath thing, right? Yes. So now I have set you on a course. If you missed it, go and dig for when I thought about it. Because it was a preparation day. I wish I brought up my NET Bible to see what the notes wrote. Mine actually do here. Mine says, on preparation day, see note at verse 14. So let me go to verse 14. The preparation day of the Passover may refer to the day before the Sabbath of Passover week. If so, all four Gospels concur that Jesus' last supper was a Passover meal eaten on a Thursday evening. John used Roman time, in which the sixth hour was six in the morning. Uh, Verse 31. The Sabbath was special because it was Passover week. For the Jews, bodies of hanged criminals were not to defy the land, by remaining on a tree overnight. Make sense? That Sabbath was special. Because it was the Sabbath of the Passover. Amen? Amen. Okay. The body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. Remember what we read in Exodus 12, 46? This was in New King James 31. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Let's, Let's start again from the beginning. Therefore, because it was the preparation day, That the bodies should not remain on the cross. On the Sabbath. For that Sabbath was a high day. High Sabbath. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken. So they can die quickly basically. Die quickly. Bring them down from their crosses. Three of them. Bury them. You know. Because we can't have their bodies on the Sabbath. On there. And so to break the legs, what it means is, their legs is holding them up for a bit, and they are nailed at their, through their feet, because the nails have to go through bones for crucifixion. Yeah. Again, don't believe religion that says to you that Jesus was nailed here. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was nailed right through yes, there. The bone had to go into the wood. So that six-inch, nine-inch nail will go right through the bone. And hold the weight of it in the bone to the cross, because this will not have held his weight. And oft- over time, ax fixation begins to kick in. The lungs start to collapse, and you're to, because each time as the weight is going, the person tries to heave themselves up to make sure that their weight stays evenly distributed. And so, breaking their legs will cause the body to involuntarily collapse. The lungs fail, and the person dies out quickly and they can be buried. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what he was. That's what he went through for you. (laughs) And God looked on with great joy because of the result of what it will bring in. Who it will bring in. And so the Jews went, you know, break their legs so they can die quickly. Because we can't bring them down until they're dead. Because it was execution. Right? So we can bury them already before nightfall. Put the verse back up, 32. Their legs might be broken and that they might be taken down or taken away. Next verse. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other. Who was crucified with him. 33. But, somebody say "but." but. But. when they came to Jesus, don't forget where we're coming from, Exodus 12. 46 that passover lamb don't break any of its bones <laughs> but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead so he gave up his ghost so you wouldn't have to break his bones because break in the bones invalidates the sacrifice this sacrifice had to be without blemish, spot, or wrinkle, yes, or any yes, such thing. Yes, there are four yes, categories. Yes, spot, blemish, wrinkle, any such thing. You can't mar this sacrifice. You can't, you can't deform it. Yes, Even when you're eating it, eat it whole. Don't break your bone. Yes. Don't break a bone. And when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Next verse. Beautiful. Or well, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. 35. And he who has seen has testified. And his testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth, so you may believe. 36. Yes, For, the- <laughs> For these things were done that the scriptures should be fulfilled. So Moses is... You see why Jesus said in John chapter 5? That Moses wrote of me. He said, I understand why you are struggling to believe me. It's because you don't believe Moses. Yes. Because if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me. For Moses wrote of me. You see why Hebrews will say that when you hear the word of God in that they do not harden your heart like them. What word? The gospel, yes, sir. because they heard. Yes, sir. What happened to them? They did not mix it with faith. Otherwise, you would have had by faith the children of Israel, yes, having had a glimpse of the redemption that will come to us. Word who believe. Yes. That's the verse that is missing in Hebrews yes, eleven. Having heard of the salvation that will come to us, Lord, who believe, by faith, they crossed over the Jordan. By faith, that they were not mentioned. Because they, they, they did not mix what they heard with faith. But you see the gospel? They heard. In such great detail. Put up, 36. John 19, 36. But these were done, these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. Leviticus 17, Leviticus is between Genesis and Revelation you'll find it somewhere there. (laughs) It's closer to one than the other. You'll identify that for yourself. Leviticus 17, 17 I need 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Leviticus, Moses. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement. Uh, Play it again. For the life. See, see my problem is, again, maybe because I joke a lot. People don't take me seriously. When I stood here and said, the physical blood of Jesus is the life of God. Because if it was actual physical blood, then all the one that was falling from the chief priest's house to get many to the stations of the cross, somebody should have been following Jesus with a big bath. A little bath. When they lash him, the first one, Bah! You be like, "Oh God, please, I better wait. My I catch the blood? I need to harvest all the blood. If it was a physical blood, then how did it get to the Father? But see, we have turned God into a native doctor, yes. Yes. whose shrine has a very bloody outlook. No, blood in Scripture signifies life." For the life of a thing, Leviticus 17, 11, is in the So when you shed blood, what have you taken? Life. Put it back up. Leviticus 17, 11, For the life of the flesh, or remember flesh? Life of a living being. That's flesh there. It's in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar. That's two things. To make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood. It is the blood. Blood. It is the blood that makes atonement for your souls. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the... Blood given to make atonement for the soul. My blood given for the remission or the atonement or the removal of sins. So Leviticus 17, 11 was talking about who? Was preaching what? The gospel. Are you here? Numbers 21 and 9. I like this one. Numbers 21 and 9. Moses made a bronze serpent, right? And put it on a pole and so it was. Mm-hmm. So it was that if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Woo! Last week. Oh my God. Oh my God. He lived. John 3. 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So that was a type and shadow. Moses' serpent sin, all that was a type and shadow of Jesus' coming to be our sin. 15, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God. Next verse. Go back to 14. Who followed it? It (laughs) As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. Go on. He lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life for God so loved the world. ( Leah) That he gave his only begotten Son, and I've said it here before, gave his only begotten Son, in John 3.16, it's not the burning of Jesus by Mary. Yes. Yes,
2: yes,
1: give. Please, not give. Yes, sir. Baby Jesus means nothing to anybody. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Don't mean nothing to anybody. For this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest, not born. Manifest for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared, Tormen. not appeared <laughs> are you here now? Yeah. appeared you got it Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one. Jeremiah 31 31 Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. You see that? What about uncle scripture? Matthew twenty-six, twenty-eight, The blood of the new covenant. Hebrews 8 and 8. Hebrews 8 and 8. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. With the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Matthew 26, 28, you wrote that down. Hebrews 8 and 8. Hebrews 10 and 16. Hebrews 10 and 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. This, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Referring to that same prophecy in Jeremiah 31. You see the fulfillment all through scripture. So one message. Right? One message. I'll show you one or two more. Micah 5, 1 and 2. <laughs> Micah, Micah. Micah 5, verse 1. Look at this. Now gather yourselves in troops, O daughters of troops. O daughter of troops. He has laid siege against us. They will strike the judge of Israel with the rod on the cheek. See, verse 2. But you, you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one capital O to be ruler capital R of Israel look at this whose goings forth are from old somebody is coming from Bethlehem Ephrata. Who's goings? <laughs> He's coming out of Bethlehem, but his goings, senior Bethlehem. From everlasting. He's just going to branch and come out of Bethlehem, but his goings, his dealings, his transactions. This person is coming from Bethlehem. His transactions are from everlasting. This is my, yeah, we, we have it in the message, I believe. Micah, yes, message. Old Testament, yes. But for now, prepare for the worst victim daughter. The siege is set against us. They humiliate Israel's king, slapping him around like a rag doll. But you, Bethlehem, David's country, the runt, the runt of the litter. The bottom of the food chain. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. He'll be no upstart, no pretender. Is that all? His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Let me see it in the NLT. Marshal your troops, the enemies laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leader in the face with a rod. But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Matthew chapter 2. Look from verse 1. I need, I need somewhere around verse 4. But Give me from verse 1. Oh, Bethlehem Ephrata, <laughs> out of you shall come one whose goings are from everlasting. How can you read that and not see what you need to see? One is coming out of Bethlehem whose goings are from everlasting, from ages past, ancient family tree. So, what Bethlehem is even giving birth to is not what Bethlehem can take credit for. <laughs> <laughs> not even Bethlehem can take credit for this. His goings are of old. Matthew 2 and verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, already. In the days of Herod the king, verse 2. Behold, wise men from the east. is the answer they give Herod is sweet to me. Wise men, not three. Yeah. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They brought three kinds of gifts. They were not three wise men they were almost 40 with their caravans they were nearly 200 at least 40 wise men it was a school of wise men bearing three kinds of gifts not three wise men scripture doesn't say three wise men wasn't three wise men the word for that in the Hebrew from Aramaic, is magai school of astrologers there was wise men as people that, that have sense. guy, school of astrologers. That's why they could study the star and see that this star that showed up is different. So wise men was regard to their profession as astrologers. Does that make sense? Space scientists in their day. Number three. They traveled for nearly two years to get to Jerusalem. Little things that we miss in scripture. Little things. Say they came to the manger. No, not manger. The house where Jesus was. He had left the manger. See, let's reason together briefly. Yeah? Jesus was born. Wise men had traveled and come. Herod, we're going to read that in a bit. But Herod has heard that ah, there's a new baby king just born. Where? In that place. eh? King. Kill all the newly borns. But he said, no kill every born two years and be moved. If Jesus had just been born and was in the manger, why are you taking out boys two years? She have taken out boys born last week. But it took these guys from the east to do that journey at least two years because the star appeared when the boy was born. So by the time they calculated and to spoke to Herod, Herod's like, oh yeah, okay, that star appeared when? Okay, two years. Two years and below, kill them all. How could he have been in the manger? As a two-year-old, I don't have time to show you some things. Because even the Hebrew, even the Greek, for Jesus changes. He says, by the time the wise men came to the house or course of manger, where the toddler Jesus was. infant (laughs) let's go on wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying where is he who has been born king of the Jews guys understood prophecy
2: he said
1: for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Is the answer for me? Verse 3. I want to get there. When Herod the king heard this, what did he hear? That a king of the Jews has been born in his domain. He was troubled, and all Jerusalem was troubled with him. Next verse. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, the same people that killed Jesus later
2: yeah
1: gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people scribes record holders of the people go on together he inquired of them where the christ was to be born see the answer go back to micah 5 see the answer here so they said to him stay here in bethlehem of judah the chief priests were telling Herod in Bethlehem of Judah because we know where it is written by the prophet next verse And not the least among the rulers of Judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd the chief priests and the scribes preach the gospel to Herod They knew. Hey. Where's this king coming from? Ah, Oh, he has been born. Oh, we know now. He has to be from Bethlehem. Because it is written by the prophet. Which prophet? Micah. Micah. So, who was Micah writing chapter 5 of? Even if Micah himself knew not. So, you see why Peter says, Holy men moved. the holy spirit wrote as they were inspired because you can't claim credit for inspiration (laughs) holy men moved by the spirit wrote as they were inspired didn't have to make sense to them somebody moved their pen write this down least among all of them judah out of you i shall raise for myself a ruler my people Israel, whose goings are of old? From everlasting. The moment the star showed up, the guys came and said, this guy is born. Where? The chief priests and scribes. said, oh yes, yeah, it's Bethlehem now, because the prophet said. Yeah. So what has the entire book been about? One message. Yes. <laughs> Turn here, there, everywhere. One message. One message. Verse nine. <laughs> Matthew two nine. When they heard the king as Herod, because they said when Herod now says to go and go and find the boy. When you find the boy, come back and tell me. So me too I can go and worship him. But you know you know, I will go and worship him. I'll go and worship him. <laughs> and they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was go to verse 10 and 11 i just want to show you 10 and 11 go to 10 when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy please see in jesus name verse 11 Wise man did not come to a manger. It was only because of census that there was no space in the inn in Bethlehem. Joseph was from Bethlehem. The house was just full because every other Bethlehemite came home for census. The same way that your father can have a house in the village. And you go there for Christmas or New York festival. All your other cousins are around. Yeah. With their wives. And their children. And their slaves. And their drivers. And you in your father's house will have no space. Yes. You will leave your father's house and go and stay somewhere else. Or sleep in a hotel. Yes. That's what happened to Joseph. So the house was full. Because you cannot say you're in Bethlehem, and you're coming home for census, so you don't have a house in Bethlehem. So house is full. We turn to the inn, the hotel of Bethlehem, of our village. But because everybody else too came home, even the hotel was full. All that was left in that census period was the cow room. Yeah, Jesus was not born just in the cow stable. He was born in the feeding trough. The manger is the thing that the cows actually eat in. Not the place. Yeah. The actual feeding trough. So cows would have been eating, and Jesus is in one corner on the hay. Because yeah, this is how you know that. Okay, Even not because cows are not cannibals. Yeah. The savior of the world would have been menu, menu. <laughs> I've been <mean>, menu, menu. <laughs> But the word there for child in the nine is the word p-a-d-i-o-n. paidion. P A I D I O N. P A I D I O N. Paidion. A young child. Seven years old or younger. Strong's 3813. I say the truth is out there in the open. I'm not hiding it. Sometimes even used for, for people as old as 20 years old. let me give you one example It was for free (laughs) Matthew 14 21 Matthew 14 21 are you there now those who had eaten this is the feeding of the 5,000 right those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and paideon paideon not newly born babies yeah but toddler, children, young children, all the way up to adolescence. So house consistent with the timing. Jesus going from child, infant to toddler consistent. Make sense? Not in the manger. You got it now? Can I continue? So you see how Micah five is the gospel. One message. The chief priests knew it. The chief priests and scribes. Without the Holy Spirit. Knew it. They knew that was the gospel. Oh, he has been born? Oh, king. Ah, It's Bethlehem. We know where you can find him. And it's still lost on us that the entire scriptures are the message of one person. I've been dying to get to David and just do a lot of cross-referencing. Are you ready? Psalm 8 verse 5 and 6 psalm eight don't say psalms eight because you're about to read or sing the eighth psalm of David you, you get that you don't open your sacred songs of solos and say open to songs so you go to song 43 no song 284 not songs so You do not open the psalms and say open psalms 18. check your bible see how it's written revelations Revelations 15. How? The entire thing. Somebody got caught up one time. Received a revelation. And he himself said it. Revelation 1 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Which he gave. Revelation 1 1. So Revelation 13. As if there were 30 revelations. Or 20 revelations. Revelation 1.1. Look at the name. Then look at what the guy said. And then look at who he said he was about. Revelations 5. How? From where? An enemy has done this. (laughs) (laughs) Psalm 8, 5 and 6. I love God's word. Can have so much revelation and fun in it. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Him. And crown him with glory. uh, (laughs) Verse 6, Psalm 8 and 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Hebrews 2, 5 to 9. I just want to cross-reference, cross-reference, cross-reference. Hebrews 2, 5 to 9. For he has not put the world to come, of which we speak, in subjection to angels. Six. But one testified in a certain place. Now, this guy here, Paul, or whoever, didn't say it's Psalm eight. He just said one testified in a certain place in the scriptures. Saying, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? Keep going. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. Verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. Now the danger here is for you to open Psalm 8. Go to verse 5. I say, what is man? (laughs) Brethren. is man? I was mindful of him. He was not talking about what you're talking about, sir. (laughs) You need Hebrews 2 to explain for you that that it was written in a certain place. One testified then instantly he brings Psalm 8 into perspective and reveals who the psalm was about. Psalm 22 and 1. Psalm 22 and 1. Look at David. Look at David. Look at David. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Excuse me. Nothing serious happened to David like that. Saul was just chasing him around 13 years. Saul himself was jobless. Because only a jobless king will leave the palace, leave the comfort of Jerusalem, and be chasing a 17-year-old boy inside the bush. Only a jobless, irresponsible, tall man. Chasing David. David your son's friend for context your son's best friend your worst enemy and in those moments of David's life when he said my God my God why have you forsaken me why are you so far from helping me and why from the words of my groaning and they write it down. The Psalm of David, Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. Matthew. So when you write, you write cross-reference. Yes. Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, That is.
2: My God. Oh my God.
1: So when David screamed, my God, my God, in Psalm 22. He saw the crucifixion of Jesus. These are the things that Timothy saw.
2: Yeah.
1: And saw wisdom for salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. Psalm 22 and 8. Same. Psalm 22. You, 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 wait. you. Let's just go. Follow me. Psalm 22 and 8. He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him. Since he trusts in him. Please. He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him. Since he delights in him. Matthew 27, 42 and 43. Matthew 27, 42 and 43. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he's the king of Israel, let him come come down from the cross and we'll believe him. 43. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. Psalm 22 and 8. Psalm 22 and 8 someone say one message for all, ages. for all ages it's never changed it's always been the gospel every single scripture every single page one message the gospel he trusted in the Lord let him rescue him let him deliver him since he delights in him Matthew twenty-seven forty-three. he trusted in God let him deliver him now let him deliver him now if you will have him, so you see again, Psalm twenty-two being an echo of the travails of Jesus. Psalm twenty-two, fifty: My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. Read it again. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue. Clings to my jaws, you have brought me to the dust of death. John nineteen twenty eight. John nineteen twenty-eight. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said I thirst. What scripture, David? Psalm 22.60 For dogs have surrounded me. David. Saying things that were bigger than him. Loftier than him. Mightier than him. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. Look at this please. Something that never happened physically to David. They pierced my hands and feet. John 19.36. John 19.36. For these things were done, that the scriptures should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones was broken. Next verse. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. What things? The nailing of Jesus' hands and feet. On account of what David saw. Not what David experienced. Psalm thirty-one and five. Psalm thirty-one five. Into your hand I commit my spirit. The faithfulness of God's word yes. gets me every time.
2: Yes.
1: Nothing random. With God. Nothing. 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 Into your hands I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Luke 23:36. Just a few I picked. I had a mad time going through this. I just picked a few. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering sour wine, saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription, inscription was also written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. The guys had no chill at all. Three translations. If you don't get it in Greek, you get it in Latin. If you don't get it in Latin, you'll get it in Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Skip to verse 44. I need 46, but 44. Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, "Father, David saw it. David prophesied it. Jesus fulfilled it.
2: Psalm 31
1: still, verse 11. Psalm 31:11. I am a reproach among all my enemies." But especially among my neighbors. And I'm repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside. Flee from me. Mark 14.50 Mark 14.50 One line in that verse only. They all. Disciples. <laughs> he couldn't get any more family yes. and neighborly than his disciples yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. then they all also came and fled it had been prophesied psalm 41 and 9 psalm 41 Nine. Even my own familiar friends in whom I trusted. My fam- own familiar friend. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted. Watch this. Who ate my bread? My own familiar friend. Singular. In whom I trusted who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Give me the message. You have the message in Psalms. Give me the message. Even my best friend, the one I always told everything, he ate meals at my house all the time, has beaten my hand. TPT. Even my ally, my friend, has turned against me. He was the one I totally trusted with my life, sharing supper with him and now he shows me nothing but betrayal and treachery John 13:18 I do not speak concerning all of you Jesus speaking on the day he was betrayed I know whom I have chosen But that the Scripture may be fulfilled, he who malaga shaba, who who eats bread, word for word. word. Word word. So call me crazy if I tell you it's one message we're called to preach. It's one message. Can't find anything else in it. And it may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me. Has lifted up his heel. Against me. David was not talking about David's bread.
2: Psalm 38.
1: Psalm 38. 12 and 13. (laughs) Psalm 38. 12 and 13. Those also who seek my life. Lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all day long. Next verse. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. Pay attention. And I am like a mute, mute, who does not open his mouth. I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. Matthew 27, 12. Matthew 27, 12 and while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders he answered nothing next verse and Pilate said to him do you not hear how many things they testify against you verse 14 but he answered him not one word I am deaf do not hear as a mute I do not speak had you not answer? But he answered him not one word that the governor marveled greatly. What was happening? Fulfillment of scripture, fulfillment of prophecy expressly, all through Psalm sixteen and nine. 9 through to 11. Psalm 16, 9 through to 11. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol. Nor will you allow your Holy One. 11. You will show me the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand that pleasures forevermore. You go and quote it. Acts thirteen. Acts thirteen. Where do I pick it up? Where do I pick it from? Where do I pick it from? Holy Spirit. I'm trying to pick the thought. I need one verse, but I always try and find the thought. Uh, Thirty three i just speak from 33. Acts 13, 30, 33. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second Psalm, Psalm 2. You are my son. Today, I have begotten. Same, Hebrews 1 quotes the same thing. Today, I have begotten you. Next verse. And he raised him from the dead. No more to return to corruption. And he has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. (laughs) Next verse, 35. So it is also stated, therefore he also says in another Psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Go back to Acts 2, 24 whom God raised up, having lost the pains of death. Because it was not possible that he should be held by it. 25. Look at this now carefully. For David says concerning him. For David says concerning him. I I foresaw the Lord always before my face for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Keep going. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. This is quoting David, saying of him. Moreover, my flesh will also rest in hope. That's verse 9 of... Psalm 16. Next verse. Which is now verse 10 of Psalm 16. For you will not leave my soul in Hades. Nor will you allow your Holy One. See corruption. 28. You have made known to me the ways of life. You make me full of joy in your presence. Wait, well, there are pleasures forevermore. Can we take a few more? Psalm 6921. Psalm 6921. Give me in the TPT since we are in Psalm. I was hungry and they gave me bitter food. I was thirsty and they offered me vinegar. Yeah. 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 Next time you hear or see in the New Testament, you understand why Jesus was called Son of David. scepter shall not depart from Judah. Yes, no. was and he offered me vinegar. <laughs> Matthew 27 34. Stay in TPT, Matthew 27 34. And there the soldiers offered him a mild painkiller, a drink of wine mixed with gall. Go back to the previous Psalm 6921 in the New King James. Psalm 69, 21. Psalm 69 21. They also gave me gall for my food. And for my thirst, they gave me. Vinegar to drink. Matthew 27 34 in New King James. They gave him salt wine mingled with gall to drink. So all along, who was David speaking of Psalm 40, 6 to 8. Psalm 40, 6 to 8. Look at this carefully. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. By our ears you have opened burnt offering and sin offering. You did not require. Remember this when I talked to Basaba? Yes, 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 then I said, David, David, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, oh my God. And your law is within my heart. Hebrews 10:5 to 10. 5-10. Therefore, when he came into the world, Jesus, yes. he said, sacrifice an, an offering you do not desire, but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings yes, sir. and sacrifice, qualifies and explains it for sin. Yes, you had no pleasure. Seven. Yes. Then I said, he that came into the world, I have come. The coming wasn't of David.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Nothing was written of David. Yeah. Yeah. Even his name was not given in advance. At least Samson, we can say, they can say, when you give birth to me, shall call him Samson. They yeah. didn't say, you shall call him David. Says, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Me, Jesus. Written of me by who? David. I come to do your will, O God. Verse 8. Previously saying sacrifice and bond offerings and offerings for sin. You did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Nine. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first. Ten. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering, not of sacrifices and burnt offerings. Because God does not desire them. So, so, there is no point in the sacrifices of the Old Testament that God was pleased. Not a single sacrifice in the Old Testament pleased God. This instantly explains the nature of God. He's not a bloodthirsty yes, idol. Yes, 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 yes. Why did he allow it? To show you what otherwise you will struggle to comprehend. Yes, 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 yes. To show you what with be- apart from that you will not be able to understand. How can you say that somebody will just die for me and give himself for me but you believe that in your village somebody can kill somebody for money or exchange their life for your own life Are you not a hypocrite you can believe that somebody did money ritual and to, ex- to extend their life they took your life you believe it you believe that somebody killed her mother or killed her daughter or her son so they can extend their life you will believe it. You can't believe that Jesus gave his life for you. Thank you You don't believe it happened only once because God does not delight in sacrifices. He delights in a sacrifice Every time you came with sacrifice, every day, sin offering, bond offering, yearly offering, jubilee, these is to disgust God. And it's like, you know what, Jesus, when he start, can sin be exceedingly sinful already. Can sin be exceedingly sinful already so that this sacrifice can happen once and for all so you can stop bugging me. I do not delight in sacrifices. I have no pleasure in sacrifices and bond offerings. So when Jesus came, Jesus now quoted what David said to remind God I have come as the sacrifice that ends sacrifices.
2: Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. So remember you don't like sacrifices. So I've come to be the sacrifice that puts an end to sacrifices and altars, 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 altars.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: Final one for today and then we'll go. Psalm 78, 1 and 2 give ye all oh, my people to my law incline your ears to the words of my mouth look at this verse 2 please David I will open my mouth in a parable <laughs> I will utter dark sayings as of old let me see what the next line is. the next slide says which you have heard and known and our fathers have told us I will open my mouth in a parable." verse two. A lot of dark sayings of old. Matthew 13: 34 and 35. All these things. Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables. And without a parable, he did not speak to them Eh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Prophet David. Without the parable, he did not speak. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter things, great things as of old. Things kept from the foundation of the world. Over and over and over and over. You see the Gospel prophesied and fulfilled. 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 All through the Scriptures. All through the Scriptures. Prophesied and fulfilled. One message. One message. God has never had a different message. Apart from the Gospel. I to mean, so say that together. I want to go. God has God never had, had a different, different message, message apart, apart from, from the gospel. gospel. Say it one more time. God
2: has never had a different message apart from the gospel.
1: Never. 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 That's what makes it relevant for all ages. Yes. This is what makes it relevant to all people. Seeing as all ages have always been made up of people. <laughs> you can't count ages without reckoning with the people of each age yes, now if god has had one message and that message has been for all ages then it means it has been for all people of all ages you got it yes, because all ages have always been made up of people right the gospel is for the sinner and for the saint yes,
2: sir.
1: romans 1 16 i'm asking the gospel of christ romans one sixteen. 16 romans 16 25 Romans 16 25 the gospel is for the sinner and for the saint same gospel now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel 116 says the power of God unto salvation having come unto salvation as a sinner you are established as a saint by the same gospel yes, did you get the flow the, the flow Romans one sixteen. the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for the sinner yes. the gospel Romans 16 and 25, the gospel is the establishment for the believer or for the saint. Same gospel. Yes, Do you get it? 1 yes, Corinthians 15, one and 2. I, I, the, the gospel I give to you by which you are saved, in which you also stand. Yes, yeah. You see that? 1 Corinthians 15, one and 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received to be saved, yes, and in which you stand. As a saint, the gospel is for the sinner and for the saint. I've said over and over for years, you are not saved by the gospel to be sustained by another message. There's no other message. We don't move on from the gospel to so other things. Second one, the gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile because we're all casualties of the law. The gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile because we're all casualties. Of the law. Galatians 3.22 Galatians 3.22 But the scripture has confined all not all Jews hmm? All on sin that the promise of faith by faith in Jesus Christ may be given to those who believe, believe. Romans 3.20 Romans 3.20 Are you glad you're here? Yes. Romans 3.20. Now, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So they cannot be said to be seen in the absence of the law. Romans 4.15. Because the law brings about wrath for where there's no law. Romans 5.20. Remember I warned you last Sunday, you will see plenty of scriptures. After a while, you gain mastery in navigating the scriptures. You can't get lost. You can't get lost. Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, because the law came, so sin abounded. And where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Romans 7.8 and 13. Romans 7.8. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment or by the law, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, So who enables sin? (laughs) <laughs> Apart from the law, sin was dead. 13. How then has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin that it might appear sin, give us give us, give us, give us NLT. How can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good as the law to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. So everybody is a casualty of the law. Whether you are Jew or Gentile. As long as you have suffered with the sin problem, you have been under the law. So when people say, oh, I'm a Gentile. I was never under the law. You don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever been in sin? Where there's no law, there is no transgression. Have you ever been in sin, my friend? You were a casualty of the law because where there's no law, there's no sin. I have never been under law. I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. Were you, sir, were you a sinner? You know you cannot be successful as a sinner in the absence of the success of the law. <laughs> Is the law of being good at what it's good at that makes you good as a sinner, a good sinner, a proper sinner, a bona fide. So the gospel is for the Jew in the Gentile. Three, the gospel is for the lost and for the found. First Timothy 2, 3 and 4. Who will have all men be saved, right? This is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Who will have all men be saved and come. Saved, lost, and come to the knowledge. We believe and come into understanding. Like I said this morning, First Timothy 2, 3 and 4. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The gospel is for the lost and the found. Yes, Next one, the gospel is for the rich and the poor. In fact, the rich without the gospel are poor. Yes. Because wealth is a bad sense of security. The gospel is for the rich and the poor. In fact, the rich without the gospel are poor because wealth is a bad sense of security. Jeremiah says, let not the rich man boast in his riches or the strong man boast in his strength. Let he that boasts boast in this, that he knows the Lord and the Lord knows him. All it takes right now is for Wall Street to crash and some of the world's wealthiest men become nothing. that's all it takes devalued shares shares and stocks overnight in a minute it can be all gone are you following me wealth is a bad sense of security if you think that you are remember the the rich fool Luke 12 I think thank you Holy Spirit Luke 12 16 give me the NLT 16. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Next verse. He said to himself, what shall I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have stored away, enough away for years to come. Now, Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Next verse. For God said to him, You are fool. You will die this very night. See what God asks the man in the parable. Parable. Then who will get everything you worked for? Wealth is not a good sense of security. If I, you think you have money? I have 10 cars. You can only drive one. Yes. <laughs> Nobody can ever drive two cars. Either you will drive one or you will drive the other. You will drive one car. No matter the convoy, you are in one car. So, what? So, the rich without the gospel are poor because wealth is a bad sense of security. Money fails. It didn't start today. Yes. Genesis 47, 15. Genesis, you see it for yourself. Genesis 47, 15. Look at that. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph as said give us bread. What caused famine in the times of Joseph? Money failed. Yes, Is anybody receiving instruction? Yes, sir. Money fails. It didn't start today. It's not the failure of money. Money itself and the failure of it is not a modern invention. <laughs> One fell swoop. People that were chilling got into farming because money failed. All of a sudden, their money was worthless. It didn't start today. That means it will happen again in this civilization. It will happen again and again and again and again. So if wealth is your security, money is your security, you're in trouble. So woe to he whose defense is money. Yes, so if you tiptoe around a rich man with the gospel, both you and him are in trouble. Because he reads, he needs the gospel. Without the gospel, he's poor. Are you here? I got to finish this. The gospel is for the rich and the poor. Money fails. You have seen it in scripture, right? As early as Genesis. H-hmm. Genesis, The gospel is for the broken and the whole. Men's the broken hearted. Yes. It nourishes and sustains those who are whole. Yes, sir. It's for the broken and the whole. Don't forget we're dealing with the audience of the gospel, right? Yes. The gospel is for the villager and the town dweller. Because it is meant for the ends of the earth. Yes. Uh, Matthew 24, 14. Matthew 24, 14. It's for the villager and the town dweller. They all need the gospel in the same measure because there are different sides of the ends of the earth. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. All the world. Somebody say all the world. world. As a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Every person in any place, in any part of the ends of the earth who hasn't heard the gospel is a clear indicator of the extension of the return of Jesus. So the town guy, the village guy because of all the ends of the earth are you there yes, sir. it is for the literate and the illiterate yes, which is why it must be simply put yes, sir. for everyone to understand yes, sir. <laughs> it is for the literate and the illiterate which is why it must be simply put for everyone to understand acts chapter 4 verse 13 oh i can see the end of this part hallelujah I can see it, I can see it, I can see it, I can see it. So we can move on to something else next week. Hallelujah. Maybe the power of the gospel. Are you there? It's for the literate and the illiterate, which is why it must be simply put for everyone to understand. Acts 14, 4, 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, give me NLT or TPT, then the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Illiterate men, no special training, even in the scriptures, could articulate the message of the gospel because they understood. Jesus must have spoken in ways that they understood, simple enough ways for them to understand. The gospel is for the literate and the illiterate. It's also for the old and the young. Yeah. Oh, that church is a young people's church. You're not after the gospel yet. You're not after the gospel yet. By the time you're set on the gospel, you will not look at each demography anymore. 1 yeah. <laughs> John 1, to 1-4. John is writing. John the Beloved. John, 1 John 1, to 1-4. He's writing and he says, Come on, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Keep going. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life. <laughs> which was with the father and was manifested to us. Three. That's which we have seen and heard. We declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship. is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ was four. And these things we write to you. So who is writing? John. Based on his fellowship with the word of life. Yes. That eternal life. Yes. That was with the father. Yes. That has manifested to them. Yes. These things we write to you. Who is writing? John. Yes. From what? His revelation and his fellowship. With the father and the son. Yes. The word of life who is eternal life. Yes. Yes, are you here? Yes, I'm sure you're wondering why are you saying this, part? Because of the next chapter will make sense. Chapter 2. Verse 12 to 14. This guy is writing what he knows. Right? About the word of life. That they've touched and handled and tasted. About eternal life. That was manifested to us. Then he says, I write to you, little children. Because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Yeah? What is he writing? Eternal life. Who is he writing? Word of life. AKA, the gospel. I write to you, fathers. Because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men. What is he writing? The same thing. Have you seen it? The same thing. The same message. Little children, your sins are forgiven. Old men, you have known who who, who is from the beginning. Young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. Verse 14. I have written to you fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Same message, different audience, every audience, same gospel. It is I've written you differently. What this, as I've written, I wrote to you, young men, this thing, because I wrote to you, little children, this same thing, because I wrote to you, young men, this same thing, because different demographies, Every audience, same gospel. Yes, it's for the old. Yes, sir. And the same gospel for the young. Yes, sir. Two more. It is for the weak. And it is for the strong. The gospel is for the weak and for the strong. It's for the strong so that they can take heed and stay strengthened. Galatians 6.1. <laughs> Galatians 6.1. If a man who is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So the gospel strengthens the strong one, so they themselves are not tempted. Make sense? And you are strengthened, you take heed, as he says in this verse, by looking into the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein. That's James 1:25. Right? He that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues Therein the same shall be blessed in what he does. That's how you take heed. As per Galatians 6.1. It's also for the weak. Because God's strength. Is made perfect. In our weakness. And where is God's strength? All God's power. The gospel. For it is the power. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. I will boast in my infirmities. For when I am weak. Then. I am strong. Same gospel. We don't administer to you something else because you're weak and administer to you something else because you're strong. Yes, Finally, the gospel is for the new in faith and the advanced in faith. First Peter 2.2 two. It's for the new in faith and for the advanced in faith. Same gospel. Same gospel. First Peter 2.2 two. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby pure milk of the word word. what word acts 20 32 what word desire the sincere milk of the word i told you i will show you a lot of scriptures if you pay attention to just today's teaching and you're able to combine and connect all the scriptures you have gained a lot of mastery in the things of the spirit as pertaining the gospel desire sincere milk of the word what word i commend you to god and the (laughs) which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are being sanctified what is the word the word of his grace what is the word of his grace first corinthians 15 and 1 first peter 2 2 as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby what is the word i commend you to god and the word of his grace acts twenty thirty two, which is able to build you up first corinthians 15 and 1 the word of his grace is what the gospel which i preach to you go on which you also received and in which you stand what is the word the word of his grace what's the word of his grace the gospel the gospel of peace. gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel of liberty. The gospel. Same message. For those who are advanced in faith. Those who are growing in faith. In which you also stand. First Corinthians 15:1. Stand there. I was waiting to get to that all along. When I talked about the priest. Getting into Jordan and standing until everyone passes. In the, in the Greek is the word histemi. H-I-S-T-E-M-I. Histemi. He stand. That's the word there, and it means to make to stand, to place, to set up, to establish, to appoint, to set in balance, to stand first and firm and steadfast. To make to stand, to place, to set up, to establish, to appoint. To set in balance, to stand still, stand fast, and be steadfast. 1 Timothy 4.16, second to last scripture. The gospel is for the new in faith and for the advanced. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Paul is telling Timothy. Pastor Timothy. Right? Overseer Timothy. Bishop ordainer Timothy. Deacon commissioner Timothy. Yes? And he's telling Timothy, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That means he's not doing this, you will mess both yourself up and those that are hearing you. TPT or NLT? This is after, after verse 15, no? I mean, for time, I just want to go there. But if, if you flash verse 15, see where it's coming from. Give yourself wholly to these things that you're profiting might appear to all. That's the 15. The next verse is 16. 16. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach for living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside you and to all those who listen to you. NLT. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. 2 Timothy 2.15. Final scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Work here is what? In the context of dividing the word of truth. So we stay with the gospel. We receive the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time. Say with me, we receive receive the preaching and teaching of the gospel gospel every time. time. And we engage engage in the preaching and teaching of the gospel gospel every every time. Why? Because of the power. This is what takes me from the audience of the gospel. Receive the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time. Not only do we receive it, we engage in the same preaching and teaching of the same gospel in the same manner. You have a problem if you cannot give out the gospel the same way it was given to you. The same way, regardless of audience, it is always relevant for all ages all ages we receive the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time we engage in the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time why because of the power the power of god unto what salvation Salvation. what does that mean what does power of god salvation mean that's where we're going i'll tell you right (laughs) the power of God to salvation. Not the power of God to save us from sin. I hinted, you're, 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 you're not paying attention. I hinted you earlier. It is by that power he will keep you until he delivers you. It's out of the fact that God can keep you eternally that he heals you. It's out of the fact that God is powerful enough to ensure you are not lost until you get your glorified body. It's out of that power that He meets your need today. (laughs) (laughs) Out of that power that God has exhibited in guaranteeing you that you can never be lost. Is out of that power you can believe God for a child. And your barren womb takes in and gives birth to a physical child. Because the power that God is using to give you a child is nothing compared to the power that He is to keep you until you enter eternity. The power of the gospel. Come on, give God praise in here. Go ahead and give Him praise for the gospel.
0: Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at Wilder Church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on 234 70 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.